ladies and gentlemen, you know the vibes. We're back. Mo, BJ, back with another one. Mr. Armstrong, the kid. How you doing? What's good? What's good? Back for another episode. So I'm going to let us get right into it. Mo, go for it. Let's go. Let's not waste any time. Oh, come Happy on, man. holidays and all of that's all come of on, the pleasantries. Well, let's no get intro. No intro. Let's go straight in. First of all, I have to say this though before. Shout out to everyone who sent their questions in. Mad love. Mad amount of responses. We can't get through all of you. So if we don't answer your question this week, make sure you keep hitting me up on Twitter because we'll get to it in future weeks. I apologize to everyone whose question we don't get to. But the first question we have, or the first player mm. that they want, the people want us to talk about, the San Antonio Spurs fan club over here in the UK, wants us to talk about the one, the only, Mr. DeJounte Murray, who's carrying those San Antonio Spurs right now. He's balling out. Let me hit you with some numbers real quick, BJ. DeJounte Murray is tied for the most triple doubles this season. He's up there with the Joker. Last mm. night, he had 24, 12, and 13. He joins David Robinson, the Admiral, as the only Spurs player ever with over 10 career triple doubles. Okay? Not only that, the Spurs guard DeJounte Murray is just the fourth player in NBA history to record 250 plus points, 100 plus rebounds, 100 plus assists, and 30 plus steals in the first 14 games of a season. Do you know the other three players on that list, BJ? This is very hard to guess. Can you guess at any of the other three players on that list? I cannot. Matthew Johnson. I cannot. Matthew Johnson, 1980 wow. to 1981. Russell Westbrook, 2015 to 2016. And Fat Lever. 1988. Facts. Yo, tell, tell oh, the wow. people for those who are unaware. Because I feel like most people know Magic and Russell, but for the fans who are unaware, talk to them for a quick sec about Mr. Fats. First name, Lafayette mm. Lever. Fats was a terrific, terrific player, terrific guard, triple-double waiting to happen. You know, we refer to it today as a two-way player, but that's just how you played. You had to play defense back then. <laughs> and Fats Lever was one of the best, one of the best, one of the best two-way players could push the pace, score, rebound, defend, was really a, a, some type of combo guard, right? I don't know if he was really a, more like a, he reminds me, I would say a player that plays like him today would be um, in Milwaukee. You know, I named um, Drew Holiday. Yeah. That's who he reminds me of, Drew Holiday. Just, just tough, fundamentally sound, great, great player. And uh, you should definitely YouTube him, Google him. Yep. What a great talent in the NBA. Had the pleasure of playing against him. Of course, Magic Johnson, but Fat, Fast Lever was as good as any guard I played against in the NBA. Well, speaking of doing it on defense or doing a bit of everything, DeJounte Murray... What I love about him is he's a defensive menace. Yes. I think he's averaging two steals a night and he's in the top 10 in the league for causing deflections and just wreaking havoc in those passing lanes. And I love it that he does it on defense. He does it on offense. Last week, we talked about the most underrated players and DeJounte maybe is so underrated that we didn't even mention it because I think that his performances this season have been of an all-star caliber. And I think a lot of people don't watch the San Antonio Spurs anymore because they're not the most exciting team to watch. But... His progression since he came into the league as the 29th pick overall. He's improved every year. Of course, he overcame the ACL in 2019 as well. But, yes. you know, I've been, I've been watching him this season. And what I love is in the mid, because he's not a great three-point shooter. 
this keep 100. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he's still taking them. But the mid-range is where he really dominates. And I love that he's got the little runner, you know, like the little floater that he just uses to go over the top right. with the high arc over the defenders. Even his jump shot has quite a high arc on it because you know what? He's six, six, three, six, four, but he can still get busy with it. And I really, really have been impressed by what I've seen from DeShante. What are your thoughts on him, BJ? Well, you know, coming out of Seattle, my Seattle scouts up there in particular, and I say my Seattle scouts is really just one person, Jamal Crawford. Mm. Anyone that comes out of Seattle, I have to call my, you know, that's my, 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 that's my guy. That's the my king of Seattle right there, man. Come on, you can't yes. say Seattle that's, that's my guy. Jay Cross. And Jamal was the first who put me on to him and said, you got to watch this kid. And he comes into the league. And like most, you know, he's making a transition. Played at the University of Washington. And I, I watched him. And then he had the ACL, which took him out for, you know, a year, year and a half. And now he's beginning to find his rhythm. So I'm not surprised. You know, Jamal, when he stamps you, I know he can play. I knew he could play then. So it's good for him to find his rhythm. And he's beginning to find his rhythm now. And, and I give the Spurs credit because he was drafted late in the first round. And you can see, I think he's playing probably above and beyond as a late, you know, yeah. first round pick. So I give the Spurs credit, but I give him credit for persevering, for falling down, literally, and getting back up. Because coming back from an ACL injury as a big, at any time, anyone, at what, regardless of what position, but in particular that position, I give him credit. So he's, he's shown the ability to persevere through tough times, get himself back up literally from the ground and continue to play and play well and play at a, play at a high level. So, you know, I think it's great for the Spurs, great for their, their, their coaching staff and their team. But more importantly, I just love to see young players as they continue to progress year in and year out. So we want to give him a shout out and, um, you know, really give him a salute because that's a that's a terrific achievement. Yeah, man. He's, he's bulked up as well to help his finishing at the rim. That's the area that I think he's really improved as he's developed. And the rebounding and the assisting his teammates as well has been something very special to watch. So, you know, I think if he's not an all-star this year, I think definitely in the future he will be in those all-star conversations because he could be a player that averages triple-doubles for entire seasons, just like in the mold of one Mr. Russell Westbrook that we've seen lay that foundation out for modern players at the point guard position really doing it all. So, you know, shout out to San Antonio as well because they're always great at finding these hidden gems in the NBA draft. All these late first-round picks, these, you know, second-round picks. I think the San Antonio Spurs have a great scouting department over there. They do really well scouting and finding these hidden gems that they uh, they can pick up in the NBA draft. So DeJounte Murray, he could also be a shout for the most improved player award. You know, there's a lot of guys in the running. Lots of guys have stepped up this year. I think DeJounte Murray is more than deserving of a shout in consideration for the accolade. Who do you like for that one right now? Is this, are you still rocking with Hero? Well, you know, DeJounte Murray, without, you know, without question, he's in the race. You know, the... The one that continues to stand out to me is Tyler Hero. But it's a lot of basketball left. And without question, we want to recognize Deontay Murray here, what he's done. And, you know, we want to go through the season and continue continually watch young players make progress. 
And we love it when players are in the gym. Mo, I'm most comfortable when I hear the ball bouncing and the shoes squeaking. Mm. Man, I and, miss and that. When I look around, yeah, and that's that's where you should be. You're a young player. So to all these young players, you can see what it does. It translates. You know, you can't just post your workouts on Instagram. When you get in the gym, you have to, it, it'll show and it'll show up. And, you know, Deontay Murray is the latest. When you're putting in that work, then it shows. And it doesn't show in a week or two, but it will show. And now he's putting up all-star caliber numbers. Yes, you know, sir. he's putting, he's contributing to winning. And as he continues to improve, the team should improve as well. Well, going to the other end of the spectrum from a player that's really impressed to a team that has been somewhat disappointing at this point in the season. You know, we all had high expectations for the New York Knicks last season after, you know, getting to the playoffs and all the excitement that was around Madison Square Garden. And they did have a great start to this season. However, things have taken a sharp turn. They're two and eight over their last 10 games. They're 13 and 17, currently sitting 12th in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of question marks around them, but we've had a question come in here. Let me just find the tweet, because I've got to give yes. credit to, to the correct Please fan do. that has uh, submitted this take. Let me have a scroll. There's quite a few. I've got to have a quick scroll. And um, the take is that the New York Knicks need to make a trade. And Sam Carmen has suggested that they need to go all in on a trade for either Bradley Beal, who personally, we've spoken about the Wizards before in the show. I don't think we'll be looking to leave the Washington Wizards, especially, you know, when he can get that Supermax next year. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But the name that he's also put in the tweet is one Mr. Damian Lillard. Now, for me, BJ, I don't see the sense in it because they don't need help scoring at the guard position. That's not, for me, the area where the New York Knicks have a weakness because they've got Derek Rose and Emmanuel Quickly who can both score the basketball at that guard spot. They need and don't help. forget about Kemba Walker. Come on. Put hey, some hey, respect hey, on his hey, name, Mo. Hey, Mo. Hey, put hey. some respect on his name because you, last year, were talking about Kemba Walker and all of a sudden, how are we going to forget him? He, uh, had, okay, he, okay, he, okay. he went in and almost beat your Celtics the other night. Almost. 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 Gave you a th- he gave you a 29 piece. He, he, get, he gave piece. me a scare. I'm not going to lie. He, he gave me a scare. But okay, what then. I loved was Thibodeau dropped him out of rotation. And there's so many players in injuries and protocols that he had to bring Kemba back into the rotation. So he plays him. And after every single bucket, Kemba is staring down Tom Thibodeau. Uh, so I want to see if he could stay in the lineup when everyone gets back healthy. But going back to this trade is the Knicks need help defensively. And it's rare for me to say that about Tom Thibodeau team because they're usually so elite on the defensive end. But I don't think adding Damian Lillard to this team helps them, you know, improve any of the areas that they most need improving. What's your take on a potential Knicks trade for either Beal or Dame? Well, as I look at this team currently as it's constructed, the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks, uh, just a year ago, they overachieved. Mm-hmm. No one, myself included. And, I, and I'm a New York Knicks fan. In particular, I'm a Tom Thibodeau fan because of his years in Chicago. And I've been knowing Tom for 25 some years now. It's really tough when you overachieve in New York. And that's why they were the, the darling of New York City. Like, Bing bong. No one expected them to be, I think they finished in fourth, right? I think mm-hmm. they, they had, had home court, court advantage. Had they had home court, court advantage in the first run. Okay. 
So now the Knicks go about their business. They go get to the playoffs and there's excitement. And the thing in New York is you can't go back now. They can't go to the fifth seed or the sixth seed. And now two things have happened. One, there are fans in the building. And two, the expectations that come with that. Well, I should add a third. And three, with that, players, all-star players, got paid. So now you have that added pressure. And we're talking about Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And suddenly now you add the fans in the building, you add the expectations, you add, well, now everyone's paid and taken care of. And this is what you get. This is a tough league. I'm going to keep 100. I'm going to keep 100. Please. With do. all due respect to Julius Randle, when you say NBA All Star, Julius Randle doesn't pop into my head. As as great as he is as a player and the great things he did last season. That and I respect your opinion. You know I respect your opinion, Mo. But Julius Randle was an NBA All-Star last year. Julius Randle was an all-NBA player last year. I think second team. But I'm talking about this year. Well, that, we're talking about what do we think about the trade and why they are in the position they are this year. Now, has he been playing like an NBA All-Star this year? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Has he been playing like an all he I thought and I said it. He was a top, he was playing like a top 10 player last year. Oh, he had an amazing year last year. He had an incredible year. Now. Now the expectations in front of the fans and the other players, they're like, oh, let me let, let me see what's up with this. And so now we're, that comes to now what we can trade for. So whenever I hear a trade, I ask. What are you going to give up? Because Bradley Beal is playing terrific this year. Mm-hmm. Dame's found his form okay. recently as well. Dame is Dame. Like Dame is a Dame is going to get twenty five on a bad year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so who on the Knicks that I'm saying the the Wizards are saying, oh, I got to have him, and who on Portland is saying I got to have him because they have to. Those probably two guys will probably be in the all-star game this year. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. So, so when I hear these trades, what the Knicks need, okay, what does the other team do? Because it takes two to tango. You got it, you got to tango with the other team. So who on the Knicks are you going to give up to get these all-star caliber players, match up these salaries, and make it a win-win for everybody? Like like, I love living out here in L.A. because L.A. has traded for every other star in the league. And they're going to give you <laughs> literally nothing. Right. So. So Bradley Beal, let's talk about it. Bradley Beal. Who are you giving up? For he, Bradley he, Beal? He even, man, the Wizards look nice this year. Like I'm not saying they're going to win it all. But this is we spoke about this on Heat Check. This is the deepest roster they've had around Bradley Beal in his time in Washington. Yeah. And he's he spoken numerous times about not wanting to leave. And I remember a conversation with him where he was talking about how when he went to play a game in Dallas, do you remember in Dirk's final season in Dallas where they yeah. had the silhouette of, of Dirk shooting a fadeaway on the court next to the logo? Right. And the same way the Lakers had the eight and the 24 on the court for Kobe in his final season. And he was talking about how going and playing on the road and seeing the admiration of the fans and everything about Dirk's retirement tour that, he wanted the same thing. In, in, obviously, players say things in interviews, but he was saying how much 
of an impact that had on him and how much he wanted to stay with the Wizards throughout his career. And in all credits, Bradley Beal, he could have demanded a trade last season or the season before or the season before. So I don't see him leaving, especially when, if you stay, you know, that, that contract's uh, how, yeah, how much percent I, I, bigger. But... <laughs> I think, I think that, I think the Knicks, I think the Knicks have to improve in the following. You know, there's an old saying, Mo, and, and, and I'm always talking to you because you're going to be a GM. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your best player. You're only as good as your best player. Last year, when Julius Randle was playing like a top 10 player, the team was good. This year, Julius Randle has not found his rhythm for whatever the case may be. Julius Randle is not playing consistent basketball I'm not even concerned about offensively because he gets all the touches. He's going to get 20 points because all the plays are for him. He's the best player on the team. Where I'm most concerned about the New York Knicks is their best player isn't providing the defensive effort that's needed and necessary to be a good team because you don't have to play well on the offensive end to win NBA games. Okay. The the Golden State Warriors for all of the accolades and attention they get for the way they play on the offensive end. They're one of, if not the best defensive team right now in the NBA. Number one, without, without okay. a doubt, I can, I can say that to you. So if the New York Knicks were providing the effort on the defensive end, then you can win your fair share of games. Because if you don't score, Mo, and I don't score, the score is still 0-0. Zero, zero. When Mm -hmm. I watch the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks, they are not, in particular, their starters are not providing. Not there's the guys who are playing the most minutes. That means Julius Randle. We we can't dodge that. It's not saying that he can't be a good defensive player. Right now, he's not doing it. So if we can get him giving the effort and energy on the defensive end, because this team has depth, they have really good depth. One through 10, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, Alec uh, Burks, Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett. They have depth. Evan Fournier, Kimber Walker. So now they have to get their best player or best players to provide that level of energy so that they can be a good team. And that, to me, that's the only thing. So whether they get Bradley Beal, whether they get you know, whoever, whatever star player, Damian Lillard, your best player has to be a not a good defensive player. He's got to provide at least the energy and effort necessary so that you can be a, a consistent defensive oriented team. Well, you know, switching lanes now to go on and talk about a team where one of my favorite teams in the NBA right now, where their best player brings the effort and the energy every time he's out on the court. And I know it's one Who's of your that? favorite Who's players. that, Giannis? Who's that, Giannis? Not, Who's it's that? not Giannis? Giannis this week. It might be Giannis next week. We're talking about a young gun who made his return from injury last night. Young John Morant. He came back to the oh. court. Oh. Came back to the Grizz. Now, they lost to, uh, to OKC. Well, all credit, you know, Josh Giddy had an amazing game and Shaggy was like, but let's talk about the Grizzlies, okay? First of all, John was unhappy because some fans sitting courtside told him, yo, you're better off not playing because... They went 10 and two while he was out injured. So the depth of that young Grizzlies team to really step up 
and go 10 and 2 without their best player on the court. First of all, that fan is ridiculous if you think that you're better without Jamarin. <laughs> okay. That might be the most ridiculous thing I heard. Uh, and, and second of all, if you're a fan of the Grizzlies and you're sitting courtside and you're saying that to your best player, if he ever decides he wants to leave or if he ever demands a trade, you can't be mad. You're not allowed to be mad if that's what you're going to say to your best player on his first game back after injury. But there's two players I want to talk about. The first yes. being Dylan Brooks, who okay, let's, let's averaged talk about him. Let's... almost 30 a game. Am I right in saying almost 30 a game while, while Dane was out? He put up some huge numbers. He put up 37 this weekend. I think it was against Portland. He averaged, I've got the numbers here, 26, 5 and 3 and almost one steal per night. In the past week where um, John Morant was out injured, he's had, you know, a stellar campaign and he's also another great perimeter defensive player. And then the next player I want to talk about is, uh, is very painful to talk about, BJ, because he's yet again, you know, we've seen Alperen Schengen absolutely balling out throwing these crazy Jokic-like passes. And he was a player that the Stoics could have drafted, but they traded that pick. We've seen, we seen, uh, we seen Matisse Tybal, you know, playing an excellent defense or Steph Curry, another player the Celtics drafted and then traded. But this time we're talking about Desmond Bain, who the Celtics once again okay. drafted and traded. He's the sixth player in NBA history to make over 200 three-pointers and shoot over 40% from three-point range in his first 100 career games. Can you guess any of the other players to accomplish that feat? There's only been five others in NBA history. Well, Steph Curry's got to be one of them. Right? Yep. Clay Thompson's got to be another, right? Yep. He's... Well, Ray Allen's got to be in there, right? He, nope. he's, he's Ray Allen's not in there. What about Kyle Corver? Two hundred threes in his first one hundred career because the game the game was different. Oh, first, when Ray oh Allen, first one. Oh yeah. When, when first, Ray Allen came oh, yeah, into the league, he wasn't shooting first one hundred. First one hundred. Yeah. Oh, first one hundred games. So so is is you got to think more recently. I don't know who is it. What? Yeah, who, who, who? Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat. Oh, interesting. I Landry Shamet. Landry Shamet now on the Phoenix. I Suns. definitely wouldn't have thought. I, I wouldn't and have here's thought a name that is going to actually very much surprise you. Buddy Hill. No, no, no. This name, I could give you a hundred guesses, and I can guarantee you would not guess this name. He's from Detroit, though, BJ. So you of all people might be able to guess this game. I'm going to give you some clues and tell me if you can figure it out. He won the three-point contest in 2004. He's from Detroit? He's from Detroit. But he's 48 years old now. He was in the 1994 NBA draft. In the second round, he was the 46th pick. He played Willie for... Green? Not Willie Green, right? No, Not Willie no, Green, no. no. He played for the Miami Heat. He played for the Denver Nuggets, Toronto Raptors. Steve Smith? No. No, Jalen Rose? No. You want to know? Yeah. Sean Leonard. Vo, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that's, I did not expect to see him on that list. No, I didn't. Yeah, Volker shoot it. Volker shoot that thing. But, yeah, so Desmond Bain has been absolutely sensational and lights out from behind the arc. So far in his career. Um, so, you know, credit to him. But what are your take on the Grizzlies and how they managed to keep afloat and actually go on a nice little run of form whilst John Morant was out injured? Does that just speak to the team chemistry and 
the depth or the coaching staff? What's the factors that go into that? You know, playing next man up basketball when your best player is out injured. Well, you know, it, it reminds me, I played a season like that. You know, we lost Jordan, Jordan retired. Yeah. And then suddenly, I mean, this just sounds crazy. Every time I say it, it sounds crazy. We had a better record the following season without Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay. All right. Mo, listen to what I said. We had a better <laughs> record without Michael Jordan. Bruh. Tell us. Tell, tell the people. Tell the people how, so, why, you know, what, what transpired. One, one, it's, it's a new team and people don't know how to play against that team. So you lose a John Morant. John Morant probably has the ball in his hand, let's say 90% of the time. Teams defend them a certain way. Teams step say, okay, we're going to play this team this way because we know what they like to do. Now, over a 10 or 12 game stretch, you're going to play differently. And that hasn't gotten around the league yet. You're suddenly going to see Dylan Brooks playing a different way. Jaron Jackson is going to play a different way. The coaches are going to coach their team a different way. Why? Because clearly you're going to coach a different way with John Morant on the floor and when he's absent on the floor. And what I like to say, Mo, is the following. It takes about 25 games before the rest of the league catches up with you. So, you know, when people say, oh, the Knicks got off to an early start, well, they were like five and one in the first six games. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you got it. You got off to a good start in your first 25 games. Let me see 25 games because it takes about 25 games before the rest of the league catches up to what's really going on. Mm in the NBA after 25 games, then I can start telling you who's who and what's what. Yeah. So, you know, look, the Grizzlies played great in the absence. Was that due to schedule? Was that due to timing or other players injured? I mean, you take this, for instance, you beat a team by 73 points just a week or two ago. And then you lose to that same exact team with your best player back. Because last week we were saying they lost Oklahoma, Oklahoma that's, City that's, lost. That's, that's the trap game, though. You know how we talked about yeah, before. Exactly. They're coming so, back for, for blood that time. You know what I'm saying? You so yeah, beat down like that. You got to win the next game. So what I'm saying is, first of all, this is the NBA. Put some respect on these players' name. These mm. players have pride. They're very. These players are really, really good. Yeah. All of them the are really, really good. Best. Okay. And you lose by 73. But you can also come back and beat that other team the following night or, in this case, the following week with player X on the floor and that player X being John Morant. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that these players, you know, play, you know, the way they play during that time. Give them credit. They're NBA players. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> everyone. Like we always say, Mo, know your role. No one in that locker room is going to ever say John Morant should not be our lead player and our, he should be suddenly coming off the bench or anything. Tell if it, when, I heard, when I heard that comment about the fan who said that, it was really funny to me. I thought it was really, really funny because, you know, it's like trash talking, right? 
You're trust That's talking like your trash-talking. own player. Why are you trust talking yeah, yeah. your own team? Well, how do we know he? How do we know he was a Grizzlies fan? Just because he's sitting on the front row. I mean, come on. Like today's fans aren't the same fans of 20 years ago. You guys don't root for teams. You root for players now. Yeah. Come on, Mo. Kimber <laughs> Walker was your guy last year. Now you 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 mysteriously forgot him in the New York Knicks uniform. Come hey, on. I, I love McCamber still. But if he's out of yeah, rotation, yeah, but... he's out of rotation. That's on Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. That's on your boy, and that's not on me. You know what I'm saying? But, but you, but no, but you I hear to you. Me, but I, I would just are... be very surprised if there was a hardcore Oklahoma City fan on a Monday night sitting courtside in Memphis. I would be well, surprised. Well, let's, that's let, all. let's get the fan on it. Can you get the fan on the show? Like, who is this guy? Like, uh, <laughs> Mo, you are different because you are a Boston Celtics fan. But how many fans are actually LeBron James fans? Oh, nowadays, most of them just support. I'm a Steph Curry fan. I'm a LeBron fan. And wherever these players go, this is what's you are a fan. Like I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Mm. Okay. Good times. Plenty of bad times. But yeah. Yeah. But now you just because you have front row tickets. That doesn't mean you are a. That doesn't that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't apply in today's world. So I'm not you. going for it. I, I you know, mean, I'm not. I hear what you're saying. If it's it. if it's courtside at the Knicks or at Staples, but come on, man, who's in Memphis Even on the Monday? Who can afford Knicks? And St- who can afford Knicks <laughs> and Lakers tickets? You know, you're certainly not a Lakers fan. A diehard Lakers fan is not getting courtside tickets. I uh, know that's, that's for sure. That's, but, a, that's, a, that's a high price. That's a high price ticket. But back to the Grizzlies, currently they're 19 and 13, fourth in the Western Conference. And Kasim wants wow. to know, can they get past the first round of the playoffs considering how good they've been without Chama? Now that you've seen the quality Absolutely. of the depth, I think well, they can too. I, because if they get that 4-5 matchup, looking, if they can maintain that fourth spot, right? I think any of the teams below them in the standings, they could take out. And that includes the LA Lakers. Well, I think they can. I, I think they can because they have a player that has shown that he can carry them to the playoffs just a year ago. John Morant, prior to this injury, was playing. There were already people putting him in the MVP conversations. John Morant has provided hope in the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. John Morant is a star of stars. Now, if you don't believe me, just let it be known that John Moran is on the trade market. I guarantee you there will be 29 teams that will be calling for his services ASAP. Oh, 100% without doubt, without okay. question. This is why I thought the whole thing was, was pretty funny. It's like, okay, like, and you know what I respect about John Morant coming back the way he did? Is he didn't want to mess up the chemistry of the team. So that lets me know that he is a talent who's trying to integrate his talent, individual talent into the concept of the team. And that that's, that's what he plays for is to win. I love it. I love the fact that he's bothered by that. I love the fact that, you know what? He was concerned about that. And it's crazy to think that minus Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls had a better in, a better regular season record without him. 
that's how it works. These players are really, really, really good. These players are really good. And, and it's going to take some time. You don't just integrate a great player like John Morant and his talent and what he's going through and coming off a knee injury and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. So well, just, just have some, yeah. have some fun with it. To, you know to, what? If anyone, it's crazy to think that John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies are better. They're better without John Morant. Not serious. They're not serious, but I've got one, one last question for you. You know, we've seen Isaiah Thomas come back, drop 19 points for the Lakers. I'm seeing Lance Stevenson right now with the G League trying to get a call up back to the NBA. BJ, one question for you. Given that there's so many players in health and safety protocols and injuries and, you know, now teams have got the hardship exceptions and they're signing more players than ever before. If you can bring one player who's currently not in the NBA back to the NBA, who would that be? Who do you want to see? Oh, Jamal Crawford. Jamal, Jamal yeah. Crawford, without question. <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Bucket. Without, without question. That, that's, that's my guy. Jamal Crawford is the one player that I want to see because of the following. When you say instant offense, Jamal Microwave. Crawford. Jamal Microwave. Crawford. Okay. If someone gives you 19 to 20, you're going, wow. No, JC can give you, he could give you a 40 piece right now. There's, there's right thing, now, there's one thing I need, BJ. There's one thing I need to see in my lifetime. And I've never got to see it before in person. Because obviously I'm over here in the UK. I need to see him hit someone with that shake and bake live in person in front of my oh, eyes. So well, I don't care if what? I'm not a Grizzlies fan. If he's playing on the Grizzlies, I'm going to find a way to be there courtside. I need to Can see we that. start a campaign here right now? We need Jamal Crawford back in the NBA. He brings a smile to Anyone who loves the NBA basketball. Hey, man. Pure score. How man. could you? J- Jamal Crawford should be in the Hall of Fame just on his highlights alone. Hey, facts. I'm starting to campaign <laughs> right now. No, Jamal the Crawford. Hooper, we, That's the Hooper's Hooper no, we, right now. You we, know what I'm saying? He is your favorite player's favorite player. He loves the game of basketball. He will talk basketball with you for 24 hours he loves to play and i'm telling you right now jc if he was in a game today he's gonna get you a 40 piece the man is just a basketball savant he just loves the game we need to get him in the hall of fame can we start that we, i'm we on a campaign right now but i'm gonna start a campaign jamal if you're listening come join us on the show for an episode let's talk hoops you guys at home Tweet Jamal, tell him how much you love him, how much you want to hear him on the Hoop Genius podcast right here, live and direct. We'll see if he hollers back. Thank you guys, though, for listening. BJ, thank you once again for coming through, blessing us with the wisdom and all the gems. Keep sending your questions and hot takes in. If we didn't get around to yours today, we'll get around to yours next time or next time. you just got to stay locked in and see when we answer your question. We appreciate Keep them coming. You. Keep them coming. We see them all. And even if we don't talk about them here, we still be talking about them. We just can't do, we can't just give you four hour podcasts at a time. You know, we've got to be strategic with it, but keep showing love, keep subscribing, keep leaving reviews. And most of all, keep getting buckets. We'll see you next time.